Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. Tower number two. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited. Your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned VC company helping local business since 1892. If you missed hour one, long discussion with Frank Saravalli, the value of Andre Kuzmenko. Also, off the top of the show, how the structure is starting to show up in the Canucks game with the new head coach and what it means and should they have made that coaching change sooner to get this process started ahead of time. Check that out, hour number one of the show. But Canucks did make a big move today, one that was expected over the last few days. Aiden McDonough was playing his final college season with Northeastern, wrapped it up, and signed a two-year entry-level deal with the Vancouver Canucks this afternoon, and he joins us now. Thanks for this, Aiden. How are you? Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I'm great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Uh, so the deal comes through today. You know, it's uh, it's been a long process. You, you get in with the organization a few years ago in the draft. Um, you know, how has this you know sort of developed for you after the last few years? Yeah, I think this um, you know this was always the goal and the plan um, to you know to sign an NHL contract with the, with the Canucks after they drafted me, and um, I think just kind of had to wait for um, you know when I felt it was. My time was right, and um, you know, been fortunate enough to you know play at Northeastern for four years, and have also have a great relationship with the Canucks development staff. So, um, just kind of been in the works for a little bit, and just kind of super excited to get it done. Yeah, you mentioned quite a few times that you would sign with Vancouver as soon as you finished up with Northeastern, but obviously there was a management change here. But was there enough continuity here over the years that you still staying in touch with the same people that made you feel comfortable about staying with Vancouver? Yeah, I think um, I think there's been some continuity, which has been great. Um, and then there's also been some some new people who have been you know amazing as well. I think um, you know I've been, I've been in close contact with Ryan Johnson and Chris Higgins um, since the day I was drafted. They were kind of the first um, two people that I was introduced to, and, and they've been amazing with me. Uh, you know, they've been they've been open with me, they've been honest, and they've been supportive. And um, you know, I'm just super thankful for them. And then you know the new people that have kind of stepped in since. Um, you know, management took over. Mike Commissarek, uh, the Sedins, um, obviously the you know the, the GM. It's they've all been amazing to me. So my relationship with the Canucks has has been awesome. So you know even you know throughout the changes, I think uh, you know my confidence in them has never really wavered. Uh, you, you get drafted in in 2019. Um, where was your game then, and and where is it now? I think I've, I mean, 2019, Jesus, it feels like a long time ago. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was in the before times, you know, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think I've grown a lot. I think, you know, um, I think I've, you know, refined a lot of parts of my game that, um, you know, at the time I was, think I was a raw, tall, skinny kid that could shoot the puck. Um, and hopefully I think I'd like to think of myself as a bit more of a complete player now. Um but just over the last four years, you know, I think I've just gotten a lot more confident in, in my abilities and confident in the type of player that I am. And, um, you know, I mean, my freshman year, I scored two even strength goals. Um, so I've hopefully developed a bit more five-on-five play. Um, and I, I just think off, on and off the ice, I've just matured a lot. And, um, you know, especially this past year with being the captain of the team and kind of having those expectations and, um, you know, having the guys – kind of lean to me toward when big situations and when something needed to be said and having that connection with the coaching staff. So 
I just think on and off the ice, I've matured a lot over the last four years. And, um, you know, now I'm just kind of super excited to get going. A key thing you mentioned there, it's confidence. And obviously, we hear a lot of guys talk about taking that next step and getting to the National Hockey League. It's about confidence and mindset and all the work you have to put in to have that confidence and mindset. But obviously, you have this God-given ability to score goals. Like you mentioned, you have that skill set. But how much more work do you feel like you got to do to be the player you feel like you can be? Yeah, great, great point. I think, um, not, not to, to rain on your free, but I don't think my shot was, was God given at all, to be honest. I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't really lift the puck by like seventh grade. So I had to, I had to put in a lot of work, uh, you know, for that over the last, over the summers, you know, in high school and, and even in college, it's uh, something that I worked for. And, um, but to answer your question, I think, you know, I, I think I'm a far, far away from where I want to be. And I think, um, you think the the organization would agree that I think they still have a lot more room for me to grow. And I think, um, you know, I have confidence in myself because of the work that I have put in. Uh, but when you go to the next level, the only real way you have confidence really is from having success and kind of seeing it through. So I think that's something that I'm going to have to gain, you know, at the next level. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be confident in myself to begin with, but then once you kind of see, you know, things happen um, and the results kind of pan out, that's where you really start to see the confidence come through. But, um, you know, I still think I have a ways to go. And, um, you know, when I'm fully confident and, you know, and, and fully where I want to be, um, you know, hopefully that's, that's you know, for a few years, is, you know, when I really start to develop more and, and get used to the pro game and, and you know, kind of get, get used to what my game can be in the future. What's that area that you really want to grow most in your game? Well, I mean, obviously the, the speed of the NHL um, is, is obviously incredible. Um, so I, I don't have – doubts with how I can keep up with the pace in the NHL. Um, but I'm just very excited to see it in person and, and to, you know, to, the you know, to, uh, to put myself up against, you know, the best players in the world. I'm very excited to see, cause I think that's somewhere where I'm going to have to work on is I need, I need to play with more pace and I, um, you know, I, I need to definitely get stronger, definitely get faster, um, continue to kind of smoothen out my stride a little bit. Um, but I think those things will come in time. But I would say the biggest thing would be skating, number one. Um, and my two, my play with the puck. I think my play without the puck is pretty good. I think being able to hold on to, hold on to the puck below the dots um, and, you know, kind of ward off defenders, cut back on defenders, that's something that the organization has been talking with me a lot. And I've been working on a lot this year. And I think it's grown um, this throughout the past year. But I think those are the two things that, um, you know, I'm going to have to work, continue to work on. Now, as far as next season is concerned, have you had any discussions with management about perhaps starting in the AHL, playing in Abbotsford? And, and of course, we know the developmental plan there with the Sedins is very hands-on. Have they talked to you at all about Abbotsford? No, they haven't talked um, about the path for next season, and I think that will kind of play itself out. Um, but just as uh, someone who can observe, I mean, the work that, um, you know, the Sedins have done and in Abbotsford and in Vancouver, I think, um, you know, obviously one of my best friends is Jack Rathbone and he's down there and, um, you know, he has nothing but unbelievable things to say about everyone in Abbotsford. I mean, the whole coaching staff, the development, I mean, you look at some of the guys that they signed that are rookies that are doing amazing down there, just goes to show, um, you know, a testament to, to the coaching staff and management for, for their development and, you know, being patient with those guys and, you know, kind of letting them prosper and, um, to develop and get ready. So that's, that's really attractive as a, as a prospect who's going through college and kind of seeing that happen and, and hoping that it can be you one day. And, um, you know, having the Sedin so close and being able to come in and, 
in practice and also having Mackenzie Braid as one of the best skating coaches in the NHL um, to be with the guys in Abbotsford all the time. So there's just a lot of um, things that made me really excited, um, you know, for, for the next few years of my development. Who's a better golfer, you or Jack? <laughs> um, right now, Jack. I'll say that <laughs> confidently. He's got me. Um, he's, a, he's a really good golfer. Uh, he kills the ball. He also plays a lot more than me. He's had some, he's had some money in the bank, so he can play golf uh, over the last few years. So <laughs> hopefully, I can, uh, hopefully I can catch up to him soon in, in the next few summers. Well, yeah, you'll have to get him to show you around some of the tracks here, uh, here in BC when you get when you get situated. Um, so, what's what's the plan here over the next uh, few days and next week as as you get integrated into the uh, organization? Yeah, honestly, there's um, there's a pretty big snowstorm hitting the East Coast. Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to hit late tonight and probably all day tomorrow, maybe even to the next day. So, not entirely sure. Um, Going to be patient. Um, but I know it's soon. I think, uh, you know, I'll be up there as soon as possible, but I just got to, you know, the snowstorm's kind of putting a damper on it right now. So just kind of have to wait and see. All right. Final one for me before we let you go. And it's a two-parter here. What are you going to miss most about college? And what are you not going to miss at all about college? Great question. Um, miss the most the people. Um, just the people that I've been able to, to be around the last four years. Um, has been amazing and the friendships and memories that I've made, you know, having the, the coaching staff here that we have and, um, you know, my best friends that I've, you know, gone to practice and games with every day and just being on, on, on a campus and being able to hang out with guys 24 seven and living with them. It's, that's truly so special. And, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it in for anything. Um, so I'll definitely miss the people at Northeastern the most because, uh, you know, it was truly a dream come true to play for Northeastern. Um, what will I, what will I not miss the most? Um, that's a great question. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, that's yeah, that's an easy one actually. School, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I I I will definitely. I was gonna say dining hall food too. That's not the best either, but dining hall food and um, and definitely you know classes, studying and um, you know doing homework. I'm I'm glad that stuff is is in the rear view here once I finish up. Hey Aiden, uh, it's been uh, it's been really great getting to know you and uh, hear about your game. We'll see you up here in Vancouver and uh, use this snowstorm to uh, really celebrate this moment—a big moment for uh, your career, for you and your family. Thanks for this. Awesome, thank you guys. I appreciate it. There is Aiden McDonough, the newest Vancouver Canuck, signing a two-year entry-level deal today, and uh, congrats to him. It's been uh, quite the journey. Seventh-round pick in 2019, and here he is signing his first NHL contract yeah great for him right i mean uh it's it's great to see that a kid um who's put in the work like he's done and he's a guy who was an overager when the canucks drafted him he spent four years in college to get Mm -hmm. to this point and he stuck with his entire process and his plan and never wavered from it like he said from the beginning he always wanted to sign in vancouver they had a good plan for him and he liked how they connected with him and he wanted to put his time in and he followed through with every single one of those things and you hear him talking you see people mentioning in our text inbox more kids from college he's uh, it's great hearing from aiden and, and how well spoken he is and, and how he thinks and yeah he's always been a bright kid you always kind of came away from that and when he was drafted by the team some years back but I root for the guy, right? Yeah. Because not only do you want to see individuals succeed, you know, people who put in hard work, but this organization needs to hit on late draft picks. Mm-hmm. Like, they haven't hit on any forward draft pick in 17 years, essentially. 
outside the first two rounds. And really, I mean, if you're looking at the past 15 years, you're, you're really looking at two forwards, well, one forward, really, who's been taken in the top, in the second round, who's anything of anything of any consequence, and that's Niels Hoaglander. Yeah. So, I guess Demko's, I'm not talking goalies and defensemen, talking yeah. just forwards. The best forward the Canucks have drafted in the past 17 years, outside the first two rounds, is Adam Gaudet, going back to 2005. So I am rooting for this By what kid metric? to be a good player. Just that he NHL games. Yeah. No NHL play. N- the Canucks. Godet's played, I think, a little over 200. 200 games. games. Yeah. yeah. Which is considered like if, if you play 200 games, you're considered a, somebody who wins. Like you're. I mean, sorry, you're considered um, an NHLer. Like yeah. you, you're an NHL player. You play 200 games. He's the only player the Canucks have drafted in 17 years outside the top two rounds who's played 200 games. Heck, even 100 games. Yeah. Cole no. Lind still hasn't even played 80 games. <laughs> the same thing with Jonah Gajevich. Now, it is very rare to have players drafted in the seventh round get uh, games, period. Um, McDonough's going to reach that. So, uh, I, and I saw your tweet today. Are you happy if McDonough becomes Adam Gaudet? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a seventh-round pick who yeah. ends up playing 200 games. That would be a huge win. Yeah. It's a huge win. A seventh-round pick playing 200 games? And, you know, McDonough, it's it's going to be hard to say. You know, for and as he talked with us there, you know, the pace is going to be the thing that ultimately is the hardest thing to overcome. It's the NHL. It's the fastest game in the world. And it's the thing that, Probably hampers him. He doesn't have the best skating stride. You you really have a lot of things to overcome if you don't play with pace. But the one thing that is there, he's got an NHL shot. Mm -hmm. And certainly on the power play, he looks like somebody that could fit in. So when you're talking about building out role players... You know, you're probably projecting a player like McDonough to be a bottom six guy that can help out on your second power play unit, score you a few goals. And that's the projection, maybe the ceiling you're looking at for this player. And that's, look, this team needs to build out more role players. You know, the, the only things they've developed really is just the guys at the top end of the roster, the the Hughes and the Pedersons. Of the yeah, world. and and that's where like if if Aiden McDonough ends up playing, you know, over two hundred games and mm-hmm. is an NHL player, even if it's a bottom six, that's a huge win. Yeah. What the Canucks need is to hit a home run on somebody. That's what they really need. I mean, and we'll see what. Well, Aiden they've McDonough hit a home does. run on Kuzmenko. Yeah, but talk about draft picks. Yeah, I mean, what what is it we're talking about here? Controllable, cheap assets. Because mm-hmm. Menko had one controllable year. This was this past year, five and a half million is still good if he outperforms his contract. Obviously, he's provided like ten million dollar value type this year, yeah. or nine million dollars, yeah, something like that, something along those lines. But who are the guys coming in the next few years that can give you that type of value, right? And who can come in in a couple of years and and be perhaps the young player that puts you over the top. You're hoping this year's draft pick, but you're going to have to find a diamond in a rough somewhere that comes up because you're going to need to have the Tyler Sagan who helps you if you're making a push in three years. Like it happened for the Boston Bruins. Look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had young guys coming up and helping them out throughout the years. Exactly. There's going to have to be guys like that that come through over the next three to four years that were drafted outside the top first round, right? The top of the first round. Drafted in the second round and beyond. Yeah. Could that still be... Kravtsov, Podkolzin, Hoaglander. You hope so. 
Yeah. But the clock's already started on Kraftsoft, for instance, right? Yeah. He needs a contract next year. It's not going to be a lot. It's going to be, you know, probably close to what he's getting paid now, 800 some thousand. Yeah, all three of those guys are coming up on their second contract. But if yeah. he, like, let's say Kraftsoft has a good year next year, then he gets paid the year afterwards. Mm-hmm. Again, it goes back to the discussion of, it's good to have these guys, but you're going to be starting, you have to start paying these guys pretty quickly. So when we're talking about this team being able to take the step, and I think they can with a couple more additions, you have Hirona coming in now too, and you do some more. But if you want to be that contender in three years, yeah. who's going to be your diamonds in the rough that come up and, and provide you that enthusiasm young players bring, the, the skill they can bring, and the most important thing of all, talented players who can play with cheap rates for teams that are going to be competitors and going to need to have guys coming in at cheap numbers, right? Where do you find more of those guys? When, the, when you're spending all your draft capital or a lot of your top-end draft capital. And that's absolutely fair, and that's why I think... Everything you're doing in terms of getting McDonough signed and, and trying to get some more of these free agents is huge. And that's why trying to prioritize making more draft selections is massive. And this year, if you start looking at what Vancouver has right now, they have, what, two third-round picks and three fourth-round picks. No second. Yeah. They have an extra fourth next season. Mm-hmm. You can pedal one or two of those, perhaps, in some sort of a deal if you're looking to shift stuff around, right? But are you you're probably better off trying to still find another way to get a second round pick and make that selection this year. Yeah. Like this year's draft is crucial. Same thing with last year's draft. Is Elias Patterson on defense going to be a guy in a couple of years? They're going to need somebody like him, right? Like Hiramaki, higher player. But the second portion of this, which is so imperative, and we spoke to McDonough about the developmental aspect of it too and what they're doing in Abbotsford. They're going to absolutely have to do a better job of developing players and getting these guys to provide you actual value. Because if Adam Gaudet had a better environment, is he a better player? Mm-hmm. If he had a better developmental path, wasn't rushed. Gaudet forced his way onto the roster, though. He that did. one year. He did, but why did he force his way onto the roster? Because he didn't have enough guys in front of him that could really keep him down. Yeah, You felt like you should put him in when probably you should have let him play some more in Abbotsford, right? Yeah. Or at least in in Utica at the time. So the other aspect of this is how you're developing players. If you get an Adam Gaudet type, can you make him into something better? Mm -hmm. Because clearly Adam Gaudet was a player and who has his struggles, but he's good enough to play 200 games in the NHL. So he was there, right? And a few things click and does a few things better. Is he a better hockey player? Because it's not just all the selections you make. It's also the environment you provide to them and how you reach players. And can you get somebody to that next level? And is that going to be the difference with this management team compared to the last one? Can you identify similar players, but can you actually get these guys to be something Outside the first round. Well, and the the old saying goes, it's the biggest cliche, but it, you're not going to score as much as you do in the NHL as you did through the lower ranks. So how do you learn to play away from the puck more often? And what can you provide for me when you're not going to be playing a big-time role on this hockey team as a scorer? Um, those are the basics of the development that this team hasn't done well enough because they're always having to go out and spend on some of those bottom six types where you wish you could develop them more. And it does feel like, you know, we're starting to see that a little bit like, you know, Juleson and mm-hmm. Breeze Bois they're, They've shown better this year uh, than they had in any of their previous looks at the NHL level. And, you know, the optimist in you would say, well, that goes to the work that Jeremy Colleton and the staff in Abbotsford has been putting in with these guys down there this year. Well, I think this organization's biggest success story on a grand scale has probably been how Abbotsford has been run this year. Yeah. Very professionally, good head coach, 
Everyone talks about how he how well he's running that organization, but just the focus on development and how they've. Uh, and it's not by fluke. Like Jim Rutherford no. said it from the start. One of the biggest things we have to do here is get Abbotsford right. They've refocused a lot of their attention there, and they're doing a lot of things better. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Jack Rathbone is speaking so glowingly, despite the fact he wants to be in NHL about what's happening there. And they mentioned Mackenzie Braid. Yeah. Who like Aiden mentions, is one of the best skating instructors around in North America. And he's working for the organization. Yeah, They have access to him, one of the best skating coaches. And what does Aiden McDonough need to work on? Skating. What does Atu Ratu need to work on? Skating. Where's the environment for them to get the best tutelage? Yeah. Abbotsford. Linus Carlson, same thing. Same too. thing, right? But they have, the, they have the tools in place. They have the resources in place. And if you provide the resources, the right people, the right guidance... Then you've done everything you can as an organization. Then yeah. it falls on the players to be the talent you thought, and they have to do their part in it as well. But there's been too many occasions over the years in Vancouver in general where that type of environment for prospects to truly succeed in wasn't given to them. Yeah. And if you don't provide the right environment, thinking you truly expect players to be the best versions of themselves, because the Canucks have barely developed anybody. Well, and Utica was a terrible situation. It was. It wasn't a great situation. But the Canucks didn't develop anybody through Utica outside of Thatcher Demko. Yeah. Nobody. No one. He's the only guy. This was pre this new management team. Now you can kind of look at it, right? He was the only guy. It's... uh... It's one of the things they have to figure out. And it seems like they have. Well, I'll, I'll give them that credit. But they're still... A lack of talent in the organization. For mm-hmm. as much as you want to say, yes, develop, 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 like you've got to get more talent into the organization. And, you know, that's uh, it's what they're starting to do, or at least you'd hope they continue to do. I, I also think some of their um, identification on players has been real strong. Joshua's look really good. Nils Oman has been really good. Um, Philip Johansson has had a really strong year in the SHL and may end up being a guy that gets an NHL chance as early as next year for this club. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are guys you picked up essentially out of nowhere. Uh, how are you continuing to do that? And can you identify one that has an even higher ceiling? like a Michael Bunting or a Zach Hyman, mm-hmm. Mason Marchment type, you know, those, those types, Carter Verhage, but you know, like exactly. so many of these teams have found these guys in their mid twenties that just were not really identified before to be a real champion and be a, a successful champion. You have to hit everything yeah. to some degree, right? You got to draft a high level talent. You got to hit on some free agents and some trades they did it in Pittsburgh, in fairness to them, too. Yeah, they did, right? And you still, and yeah, we've talked about Justin Schultz yep, being yep. a guy, right, for instance, and, you know, talk about development as well. And you're right. I mean, the Kraftsov guys, can, can they identify, can Bear, can one of those guys become something here? And we're looking at it and saying, okay, that's the one aspect of it. That's the Tyler Johnson that we are adding to our group this year. You know, the Yanni yeah. Gords. I mean, Tyler Johnson being an undrafted guy that became something for them. You know what I mean? Can they get something like that out of somebody? But you're also going to have to get through it on the draft level of it, right? And this is how everything has to be sequenced out. And that's why I think it's so important. I think there is a focus here on making sure they're also adding to their draft capital and Mm -hmm. making more draft selections. Because if you're trying to be a five- to six-year contender, let's say you're signing uh, Elias Pettersson to an eight-year extension next year. What's your hope in an eight-year extension? To be competitive for at least what? seven of those years, six yeah. of those years is what you're looking for, at least, right? So 
how do you stay competitive for six or seven years? That means the players you're drafting today, the players you drafted last year, they got to be in your lineup in three years. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the next wave. That Not comes all in. of them, but you need one or two. And these, the Kraftsov move, the Bear move, that's just a backfill where you don't have through your drafting. Yeah. So now you're trying to fill that gap that you didn't fill through your draft with the Kraftsovs, right? With the DJ Zeppis, perhaps, and, you know, Breeze Ball's coming through mm-hmm. now and some other players are adding to the fold. That's just to buy them time for the next wave that's coming through your actual developmental system. And the hope is of these guys you're trying, one's going to be here long term, maybe two. Yeah. You know, and the other guys, they just patch it over for a year or two. Like Ethan Bear, I don't think he's going to be a long term fixture here. But the thing I like about him is he's giving you credible top six defensive minutes on yep. the right side. It's hard to find. So he's he can play with Quinn Hughes. You can get by with him for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but he's not the long term answer. You got to find more long term answers. Uh, it's a good conversation, one that will continue here in Vancouver, no doubt. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company, helping local business since 1892. You are listening to Canuck Central.